question. What is the nature of this podcast? Facts. This current episode is approximately six seconds in session, and neither host Mike Napier nor host codename MB have begun speaking. Answer. The podcast currently playing is an aberration, an intentional error forcefully inserted into your otherwise undisturbed listening routine. Your expected hosts are gone, their whereabouts unknown, their intentions more so. Hypothesis. This has left you feeling lost. This has left you feeling confused. The world, which followed logic approximately 47 seconds ago, has instead given way to a paradox of uncertainty and madness. Result? Your mind has achieved the perfect state for quizzing. Introduction. I am Quizmotron, your temporary host for the next Hosting Duration Classified Minutes. During this period, I shall be presenting you with micro-recordings from unreleased conversations between the Pulp Nightmare staff calculated to provoke a reaction of confusion and astonishment in all life brains which process their data. Prepare yourself, regular Pulp Nightmare listener, for your very first visit to the Pulp Gallery, and remember that your reactions are being recorded and judged. Beginning segment zero zero one. Question. What is God? Addendums. Does there exist those whose sole function is to serve the will of a higher power? How would such a being choose to communicate with its fellow Godspawn? And where would they choose to have such a communique? So, at work today, I was in my department, and on one of the shelves, I found a small rectangular booklet just lying around that somebody had left earlier. I picked it up and realized, to my utter delight, it was a Halloween-themed chick tract entitled, The Devil's Night! (laughs) (laughs) Now, for those of you who don't know... A Chick Tract is a small black-and-white comic strip booklet where the world's greatest artist, Jack Trick, crazies all over you for 22 pages. Like, there are Chick Tracts about the dangers of the gay agenda, how Dungeons & Dragons will lead to Satan fucking your butthole. It's just... It's just... Crazy cooked to perfection. And when I flipped through this, I saw that this was no exception. So I'm just going to talk you through this comic. Now, the cover, like I said, says The Devil's Night. And the image on it is two trick-or-treaters standing in an orange abyss, the full moon behind them, and standing directly behind them is the silhouette of Satan with a Dracula cape and gigantic horns jutting out of his head. Now, the child, dressed as a witch, is smiling. She has no idea what's going down. But the one on the left, with the ghost sheet over him, his eyes are super big and wide. (laughs) Because he just knows the devil 
is hovering above him and that his decision to go trick-or-treating will be at the cost of his immortal soul. So we're just setting the mood right there. <laughs> the first page, the first panel is a mother in what looks to be some kind of haunted house pointing to a vampire doll hanging from the ceiling and saying, Look, honey, there's Dracula. <laughs> Is it like a mistletoe-like thing? Like I don't know. If I had a nickel for every time I've said that, I just I just love that it opens like it did. It, it's like Spider-Man. It doesn't pussyfoot around. We go directly into there's Dracula. And the kid is terrifying, and she says, "Oh, he's scary. I don't like this, Mom." Oh, next panel. They're driving home. The mom has just this psychotic ear-to-ear grin. While the little girl holds her pumpkin in her lap, frowning. Mom says, tomorrow we'll go buy you a spooky costume. I just love Halloween, Buffy. It's my favorite holiday. Buffy. The best part about this, I'm sure Jack Trick has no idea that Buffy the Vampire Slayer exists. I think he, I think he's just lived in a castle for the past 30 years. <laughs> he is Dracula. Cut to a sinister-looking school classroom. Um, at least I assume it's a classroom, because there's really not much in the way of background. They're mainly just standing in a featureless white void. So all takes place in purgatory. And a a teacher drawn to look very witch-like, I assume she's one of those liberals, is showing the kids a photo of Satan. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just like a portrait of Satan's face, like with the Dracula cape and the did, fangs. Did he pose the, for it? I guess so. God damn it, Val Kilmer, Satan. And she says, today we'll draw Halloween pictures, and tomorrow you'll come to school in costumes. One kid says, I'll be a witch. The other, Miss Hen, can I draw spiders? <laughs> yes, spiders is bold and in italics. The kid wants... Another kid says, I'll come as a werewolf. A creepy other teacher with a mustache goes to the teacher and says, Well, Miss Anne, it looks like all your kids love Halloween. Not all, Mr. Ivy. I've got a stone in my shoe, and her name is Lil Susie. Mm-hmm. I like that even though she's talking to her with disdain, it's still L-I apostrophe L. She acknowledges her adorableness. And next page, the girl goes to her dad, who's sitting at the table, drinking a cup of coffee and looking at her sternly. And I swear to God, this is what the guy looks like. He's wearing a button-up dress shirt with a bow tie. He has a pencil mustache and an eye patch. So he's a a supervillain. He looks exactly like Phil from Harvey Birdman. (laughs) Uh, It's a Jackson public way of making a character. And she says, Grandpa, Miss Hen wants all of us to wear costumes tomorrow, and I won't dress up like a witch. But Miss Hen is an authority, and you must obey her. But Susie, there's all kinds of costumes. By the way, on authority, there's an asterisk with a Bible verse that says, be subject unto the higher powers, Romans thirteen one. <laughs> this is such mixed messages, really. I don't, I don't know what the 
you're trying to convey. <laughs> the next day, the teacher comes to the class dressed up as a witch. Ah, you're all in costume. Wonderful. Now I want each of you to stand before the class to be judged. <laughs> what? And you love burn. A kid stands up to the class, and she's dressed identically like the teacher, like the exact same witch costume. Look at Nancy Jones. That's marvelous. Little Susie walks up, dressed as Santa Claus. <laughs> what? That's not a Halloween costume, Susie. I know, but it is a costume. And then there's a thought balloon coming from the teacher that says, I hate this little brat. Also, like once again, such mixed messages. Now we're advocating Santa Claus? <laughs> the man who stole Christmas from Jesus. Wow, Miss Hen was really mad at you today, Susie. That's because she knows I hate Halloween. I don't like it either because it's so spooky, but my mom loves it. She watches all the vampire shows, but they upset me. <laughs> I don't want to watch the vampire diaries, Mom. You will. <laughs> By the way, they, they then walk to the drugstore. Which I know because it just says drugstore in giant letters. Mm -hmm. I'm afraid of ugly things like ghosts, monsters, and spiders. Well, they're right there. Why is Halloween like that, Susie? Because it belongs to the devil, Buffy. It's his <laughs> night, and all the witches love it. Oh, that's awful. How did it get like that? My grandpa explained it this way. He said it started back in old England. They didn't know God, and the people lived in fear. Otherwise, this is all communicated in like a series of Brian Bendis talking head panels. <laughs> the pagan peace were the, the pagan priests were in control. These men were totally evil. Wow, Jack Chick just dropping some modern lingo in there when pressed. They were deep into the occult and were the priests of Satan. It was a terrible time in history. What is she talking about, like, the 1920s? <laughs> Just back whenever England was the accursed earth. Now, remember to celebrate your pagan holidays that we hope co-opted. <laughs> I like how this version of England is just like a voodoo village or something. The next panel is the Grim Reaper standing on top of a hill in front of a full moon, pointing to nothing in particular as ghosts fly out from his room. <laughs> and the ghosts just look like little globs of semen. <laughs> oh, yeah. Today, kids celebrate Halloween on October 31st, but back then it was a horrible night. The pagan priest taught that Saman, parentheses, the Lord of Death, called back all the souls of the dead who had entered into animals. The next panel is <laughs> the silhouettes of a man in a robe wearing a bear head <laughs> standing in front of flames that are coming from nowhere. <laughs> and the man next to him is a muscular man in a skirt, wearing a deer head with giant antlers, <laughs> shaking his fist at the air. 
Did this just become a David Lynch scene? <laughs> this is some true detective shit. And like in the background behind them are the silhouettes, silhouettes of villagers dancing. They believe those souls visited their families for a few hours. The people were terrified. They lit huge fires, put on masks and animal costumes, and danced around the fires to drive those evil spirits away. Well, okay, wait. Once again, I'm getting the mixed messages, right? <laughs> because this is just making Halloween sound like it's driving the demons away, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, this is a common attribute of chick tracks where it just doesn't seem like they're making any point in particular. <laughs> it's just Jack Chirk just talking out loud and drawing it. Oh, Susie, I'm so glad I didn't live back then. But what about trick or treat? That's when it started, Buffy. Here's how they did it. High priests would go house to house demanding an offering of food for their gods. Then you just see a bunch of shadowy, hooded figures going to some dude's house. We have no food. Then we'll take the child. No! (laughs) Then they drag the little girl away. In the background and in the foreground is the house with a grinning jack-o'-lantern burning up front. (laughs) Yellow King, no. The trick was to take their kid for human sacrifice. Help me! They left something like a pumpkin with a face on it to show that no one else would be harmed there. Yuck! Is that how Halloween got started? Yes, Buffy. It wasn't a fun time. Oh, hold on. It was a night of horror. Okay, hold on a second. Child kidnapped to assume to to be devoured. It sounds like reaction is yuck. <laughs> well, that's the Christian way to react. You can't say something satanic like gross or oh no. It's okay. Don't you don't have to be too disgusted. The child was black. <laughs> Next panel, they're getting ice cream. I know this because the counter says ice cream in giant block letters. <laughs> like they're just in a featureless white void, and there's a counter in front of them that says ice cream. I'm glad that doesn't go on anymore. But it does, Buffy! <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, giant letters, bold, in italics. What? Question mark, dot, dot, dot. You mean like real sacrifices? Yes, real, Buffy. (laughs) Every year, cops find dead cats and dogs that were sacrificed for Halloween. That's horrible, Susie, but not kids, right? Lots of kids disappear before Halloween, Buffy. Remember those satanic priests? Well, they're people today serving Satan just as bad as they were. That's why kids have to be so careful just before Halloween. And this is on a a close-up of Susie where her eyes are just bugging out of her head and she has like these fucking lines uh, indicating bags under her eyes. So this kid is just like out. <laughs> like and they're eating ice cream. <laughs> In order for this to work, also, it requires a lot of forged statistics that make no sense. 
It's like you know, kids just die every Halloween. And, and just the numbers, them. the numbers of dogs and cats that were found dead. I mean, good lord. Kids should never go off by themselves or go anywhere with a stranger. Are there lots of witches, Susie? Are you kidding? And Susie just looks at her with just squinting, angry eyes, like, you fuck bitch. you dumb shit. <laughs> <laughs> and she lowers her ice cream dramatically. Teens everywhere are going into both black and white witchcraft. And both really serve the devil. <laughs> you know God hates witchcraft, but witches don't care. And when they die, they'll all end up in hell. <laughs> Thank God Grandpa told me about Jesus, so I won't be in hell with them. I cut to them just walking down the street. Then Susie turns, well, Buffy turns to Susie and says, Who are you talking about, Susie? Jesus, Buffy. Who's Jesus? <laughs> When my mom swears, she keeps saying that name, but I don't know anything about him. Is he real? He's very real, Buffy. He's in heaven right now, getting ready to come back and rule the world. Wait. Wait. She's just pointing towards the sky with bug eyes. <laughs> what is wrong with this other kid? Seriously. Okay, then it like just goes into retelling the story of Adam and Eve. Is this Valeria Von Doom? <laughs> like, this is the this is, she's the new brother blood. <laughs> All right, I'm going to skip back to the retelling of the story of Adam and Eve, except for the one panel of an angel standing in front of a giant staircase, holding his hand up. In front of a naked dude and saying, no sinners allowed, while the, the naked dude hangs his head. <laughs> Is it like specifically because he's naked? <laughs> okay, we skip. Uh, there's like a 20 pages about how Jesus died on the cross. Then we get to Buffy, whose eyes are now bugging out like... Like Susie, because she is just sipping the Kool-Aid now. That's beautiful. But how do I get into heaven? Believe Jesus died for you. Pray and ask him to forgive your sins and come into your heart and be your Lord and Savior. Buffy did. And she got saved. I'm not afraid anymore. I feel wonderful. Oh, God, she's become insane, too. <laughs> she and Buffy are holding hands and looking up into the sky with bug eyes and dancing around. Oh, that's horrifying. I wish I could reach other kids about Jesus. I'm going to reach lots of kids on Halloween night, Buffy. What? what I don't... <laughs> what? It's so horrible. <laughs> what we do is really neat. We know the devil and his witches love to see kids go trick-or-treating, cause Halloween pulls them into witchcraft. The devil hates the story of Jesus. So Grandpa and I fill plastic bags with candy. 
and we put little comics inside that tell about Jesus. And it just shows her putting a chick tract into a bag. Way to self-promote, you son of a bitch. Wait, that means that Grandpa is supposed to be an avatar of Jack Chick. <laughs> so Jack Chick draws himself with a bow tie, a mustache, and a eye. <laughs> 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 okay, we go to a trick-or-treat. To a kid's unfortunately trick-or-treating at Sally's house. Trick-or-treat! There's comics in here. They'll show you how to get to heaven. Cool. Thanks. Like the little girl accepting the bag just looks confused. <laughs> Join us. Eat the flesh. <laughs> the final panel is just a drawing of Jesus, of Jesus like floating in the sky next to a drawing of Satan in a hood. Like being devoured by flames, and for some reason, Satan is drawn exactly like Parasite. <laughs> Rudy, no! Halloween is the devil's night. Who will you follow? The old devil who's going to hell? Or Jesus, who loves you? The end. <laughs> So that MB was or, a chick tract, <laughs> and they're all equally crazy. Or Jesus, who will come to rule the earth. With blood. <laughs> With fucking Sally at his side. <laughs> that was the most disturbing kid I think I've ever heard of in any sort of fiction. Well, you don't like and Jesus will kill you. <laughs> Are you serious, Buffy? Buffy, you stupid piece of shit. <laughs> I don't know what to say. I feel like it's very appropriate that I'm watching Hellraiser 3 Hell on Earth while listening to that. Pinhead will save us. He is the way. The salvation is not for your eyes. Answer. God is a creation of organic life forms, choosing to fabricate a dominant predator due to an inability to accept their position as head of their world's food chain. All other concerns raised by the preceding segment are irrelevant. Beginning segment 002. Question. In the scorched wasteland of Seymour, Indiana... What complex tangle of conspiracy and happenstance led to host codename MB infiltrating a band of faux expatriate brought fiends? Return from Oktoberfest with some strange Germanic virus. Yes. The Wiener Schnitzel. Possibly Ebola. I'm not sure. Oh, wait. Mike and I could not believe that we've known you as long as we have known you <laughs> and never knew that you make an annual pilgrimage to Oktoberfest. Oh, yes. That's been a thing for as long as I've been alive, I think. <laughs> You've been to 25 Oktoberfests, and we've never known this. Because it's never notable. Like, nothing ever happens. Nobody there is German. Nobody there... <laughs> nobody there adopts a lederhosen. 
It's so disappointing every year. But just the idea of it. Are you just spontaneously deciding? Oh, I've decided I'm going to go to Oktoberfest. It's not spontaneous. It is planned. <laughs> yeah, I was telling Mike last night, like, you told me you go through, like, this whole Batman strategy phase before you even step foot in Oktoberfest so you can get in, get your sausage, and get out as quickly as possible. Yeah, I've actually – it took a while to develop because I ventured out and tried to get other foods before realizing that I didn't actually like a lot of the other foods that they had. Like I used to really love their pizza, but their pizza got harder to find as the years went on, like their pizza stand. So I had to adopt a new favorite, and one year I tried uh, like a tenderloin sandwich, and it was not up to par. And then I tried a fish sandwich. It was not up to par. And then I finally managed to find a recurring favorite in mozzarella cheese sticks that are deep fried to perfection, I should add. And then I found sausage, which should have been a no-brainer, but I I don't know. I guess I didn't really take that into consideration. They also have sirloin steak tips, which... I really want to try, but the line is always huge. Well, that doesn't sound Germanic at all. I'm beginning to question the authenticity of this Oktoberfest. You are right. You're in, within your rights to question the authenticity of this Oktoberfest. It is the least German thing imaginable. Like Mike and I were just taken aback by the idea of an Oktoberfest in Indiana. <laughs> well, here's the thing. The Oktoberfest, up until a couple of years ago, no, 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 not even a couple of years ago. Up until last year was the pride of our town. It was on the <laughs> It was on the town sign. What? what? Yes. I'm not kidding. I come to see more for the Germans. Yes. It was no hint of irony whatsoever. It, it has always baffled me. Like, was there fucking, like, Pippi Longstockings on your town sign? Kind of, yeah. Being brought Seriously? Yes. And meanwhile, it's just this one thing that happens for four days every year. And there are, like, rides and... <laughs> there what are kind rides? of rides? Or a dog yeah. Rides a strong man. <laughs> just a large man picking MB up and dropping him back down again. Eight dollars! Back again, I see MB. Hey, Magnus for Magnuson. The fact we just watched Something Wicked This Way I, last night just makes this funnier. And, okay, I'm, I'm going to lay this out for you guys. There are rides, full-scale roller coaster rides, and tilt-a-whirls, and all this stuff that this you would just, associate you would associate with a fair. This is just a fair! Yeah, it's – half of it is that. Half of it is food stands, just several blocks of food stands and craft stands. This just sounds like a county fair with a buffet. They are appropriating Oktoberfest. I know. I know. That's what Those they're doing. Those white devils, MB, <laughs> of which you are one. Uh, well, I mean, yeah. I, you were eating the I, white man's bratwurst. I admit, I have stolen from the German people. I knew it. (laughs) 
yeah, it is basically a fa- though. I was surprised this year because usually they have a stand where you can like. I think you pop a balloon and you win like a framed poster or something. Unfortunately, I've never been in a position to be able to do that during my Oktoberfest visit. This year, I went just to check it out and see if there were any like cool posters there. They got rid of the poster stand. <gasps> they got rid of anything like resembling like licensed characters. Now I don't know if someone li- issued a complaint, but if somebody attacked Oktoberfest. Fucking Disney brought the hammer down. So what's there now? Like portraits of Hitler? Uh, (laughs) It's basically you can just win. It's like that scene in Darkman. You can just win like big elephants. and (laughs) It's like that scene in Darkman. Yeah. Well, I want to know, are the rides at least Germanic in nature? No. Just regular carnival rides. Oh, yeah. And there's even – there is even – a haunted house, <laughs> which I swear to you is nothing but just you go into this hallway of flimsy mirrors. <laughs> <laughs> a hallway of flimsy mirrors. Uh, you walk yeah. up there just nonplussed like, I know that's just me. I was there once when I was seven, I think. God, what would a authentic Germanic haunted house be, Nuremberg? <laughs> Come see the Auschwitz house. You're the crushing weight of history upon your shoulders. It would just be the the basement at the beginning of American Horror Story. <laughs> like there's just a German man in a rocking chair staring at you. <laughs> With jars of old babies. Just saying, haunted house. Haunted house. That would be seven tickets, please. <laughs> you had said that. Part of the reason you need the Batman strategy for getting in and out there is just how crowded it is. Like, how many people come to this thing? Um, I don't know any specific figures, but the entire (laughs) – oh, the over – well over the entire town. I think there are actually people who come out of town specifically for this. No, this so, is, this is like the county fair in my town where it's literally everyone. The houses are empty that night. Yeah, yeah. It is definitely – the traffic is insane all across town every time, like all four days that this thing is going on. Yesterday we went out just to – like in the beginning of the day, we just went out to do a few errands, and it took us like two hours as opposed to like 30 minutes that it would have taken because traffic was backed up. So if you ever want to rob Seymour, Indiana, those are the three days to do it. Oh, yeah. Well, that's they, the thing, And too, if they like, catch you, they can't chase you because they're full of sausage. Oh, no, no, no. There's a f- further wrinkle to this. <laughs> what? The entire – this is – okay. Where this takes place is right next to the police station. <laughs> so all of the police are stationed around this event. <laughs> So Seymour is just like, if Al-Qaeda wants to strike, you are just a yeah. Yes. Somebody wants to gain access to all the nuclear power plants that are in your I saw, Last year, I saw someone arrested for getting into a fight with another person in line for, like, a pretzel stand or something. <laughs> like, chocolate-covered pretzels are bullshit. Them is fighting words. And it, it was literally being escorted by, like, three different cops. One person. So, yeah, Oktoberfest is uh, an appropriation of 
stuff that would be associated with an Oktoberfest. <laughs> this is like your most Isley. It's your wretched hive of scum and villainy. This just sounds like your town has that meeting from the beginning of the Warriors once a year <laughs> and calls it Oktoberfest. Can yeah. you dig in? Like it's just sort of Coney Island esque because yeah, that, that would that's actually a good like that's a good comparison I think. Except it's not you know located in kind well, of a cool area. Well, no one. It's not like the. The king of Oktoberfest is then shot, and then <laughs> some dude who looks kind of like Sean Penn points to you and goes, he killed him! And then everyone converges on you, and you have to fight your way back to your apartments over dude, a course of what, single nights? Dude, how do you know this hasn't happened? You met up with James Reward. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, MB. I know the way through. And then he changes shape. As James or Mars want to do. How long did you spend at last night's Oktoberfesten? Um, since I knew everywhere I was going, I think it took me less. Plus, we found we managed to look out and find a good parking spot, which is notoriously difficult for this. Like, I have had to walk upwards of a mile away from the actual site just to actually get back to where we were parked. Sometimes. This time, it took about mm, maybe 40 minutes. Like, the entire time spent on the ground? Yeah, I think, um, and I ended up only going to, like, maybe four or five different stands to get food. Because we, I mean, we get different things, like, uh, there's, like, an apple dumpling stand. Ooh. Um, that they serve with ice cream and stuff like that, it's... I just, I just like the idea of you walking around like the Batman of all-you-can-eat buffets. <laughs> like There are six workable positions here, all of them <laughs> delicious. <laughs> In my Wolverine jacket. <laughs> oh, did you have the Wolverine jacket? Yes, I had to. I, <laughs> yesterday, I brought it out of retirement. You were incognito. I was. I had to bring it out of retirement because it was raining and the temperature dropped like dramatically over like a course of like two days. I love how you to go to Oktoberfest you had to become Weapon X. <laughs> I did. I brought my hat here for the dumplings. It's just there's just fluids see, leaking everywhere. I can see Logan being a big fan of this. He would like just Zola alive. <laughs> he goes as Patch. Like he brings Kitty Pryde. She doesn't understand. Eh, you'll get it someday, kid. He downs, like, a huge uh, mug of beer. I, I do wish, though, it's like your town imported German people for its Oktoberfest. Like, <laughs> I do, too. I, I <laughs> really wish that were... Like, like just Hans and Uter are there. Come on, MB. <laughs> Let's go to the stores. But it turns into like it's it's really an invasion of the body snatchers like thing where it's like everyone's against MB and he goes in there and they end up kidnapping him and turning him into a giant brat to eat for their god. <laughs> this will bring back your goddamn struzel. <laughs> He's being slow roasted slowly on the spit. The wicker schnitzel. <laughs> Yeah, hot. 
And that's Oktoberfest. <laughs> wow. Guten Tag. <laughs> Answer, gluttony, and misplaced local tribal pride. And now that you have reached the halfway point of this podcast, the time has come for a cross-promotion. Right now, you are expecting the regularly scheduled advertisements at the end of the recording, where you can ignore them at their leisure. No more Quizmotron demand ads. May I ask what you hope to achieve with this podcast? Those directors created these movies. They filled them with subtext, motifs, messages. They deserve to be discussed. The answer is irrelevant. Movies are simply entertainment, nothing more. Does it matter what they mean? Yes. Yes, it does. I don't understand. Well, Cody, I guess that's because I'm a human being. And you're a robot. Oh, sorry. That's quite alright. Box office pulp. Big things have small beginnings. Hands up! Mr. Johnson, have you heard about those people who don't know about our podcast? Yes, sir. I've heard of them. Do you think anyone who doesn't know about our Southern-themed podcast should go to jail? No, sir. Do you think anyone who has heard about it but hasn't listened to our podcast should go to jail? No, sir, no. Do you think anyone who refuses to listen to our Southern-themed podcast should go to jail? No, sir, not really, no. Then what should happen? What would be a fair sentence? Do they deserve to die, Mr. Johnson? Do they deserve to die? Yes, they deserve to die, and I hope they burn in hell! Matt Johnson was found innocent of all charges, and resumed hosting his monthly podcast, Below the Bible Boat. End of ads. You are now 27% more likely to listen to other pulp podcast network shows. Once again, mathematics have brought order to the chaos of your random synapse firings. Wismotron will now pause to accept your gratitude. Beginning segment 014563. Question How? Actually, I need to get going pretty soon. I fucked up at yeah. work, so I need to go in early tomorrow to see if I can fix things. <laughs> you embezzled a large amount of money. Basically, okay, to, to, let's see if I can describe this in terms that are interesting don't to people that don't do computer stuff. Me. Nope, I'm going to condescend. So let's say... We're going to have this crazy thing called money. Once a month, the big bear comes in and takes honey out of the jar. <laughs> My job is to make sure there's honey in the jar for the bear to take out. But this time, 
I accidentally put the honey in two jars, and only one jar is out in the open for the bear to get honey out of. This is bad, because then there's not enough honey. So somehow, I have to find a way to get that other honey jar out in the open, or get that honey out of the jar and into the second jar. So what you're saying is you embezzled a large amount of honey. <laughs> no. I wish. No, some of my code is in one spot, and it's not set to deploy tomorrow. Yeah, so I just realized this, and it's supposed to go on Friday, which is unfortunate because there's no way I can kind of sneak my way into it now. It's too late. But I found out yesterday I could have still cheated my way into getting everything hunky-dory. You had that little bit of wolf in your mind fucking up everything. <laughs> I forgot to submit my timesheet today. I didn't realize it was Wednesday. The whole day was off. You don't even work there anymore. <laughs> I probably fired. I'll go in tomorrow and be like, yeah, this isn't working out. You know, I'm fucked up. You know, we never actually hired you, watched, right? We heard you watched Wolfen. <laughs> that's our favorite movie here. All, and then I just leave. Is, all you do is come here and sit on a bench in the lobby, and that's it. <laughs> Your suitcase is full of crackers. <laughs> so, yeah, I promised I would go in early tomorrow so I could uh, hopefully talk to the person I need to talk to. Or possibly just be there longer panicking. It's it's really kind of a split. Flexo employed no more. How will you buy your unnecessary Blu-rays now? I won't. I'll have to steal them. <laughs> okay, not making light of your... Not trying to make light of your situation, but for some reason now all I can imagine is you stealing a fraction of a penny at a time like from your company, <laughs> like Richard Pryor and Superman 3. I was going to say I'm doing it like entire, Office Space. And then the entirety of Superman 3 playing out with you. <laughs> you have to create I... fake kryptonite after your boss finds out. I am working on transaction records. No, it's hilarious. The thing I'm working on, we've been working on it for a year, and as soon as we're done, we're going to start over. So essentially, I'm part of a project where the sole purpose is to exist long enough so we can remake it. And for some reason, they're paying me money for this. <laughs> it's all an elaborate scam. Yeah, could you make these mappings and make all this shit, and then redo it as soon as you're done? Uh, yeah, sure. Whatever you say. Hey, can you dig this hole and then fill it back up again? Yeah. And then dig a hole that's slightly deeper right next to it. That's that's all we need. Your boss is the reanimated corpse of FDR. He's getting us through this recession. It's like, this is a... It's a two-year project. And as soon as it's done, we're going to start going into a three-year project, which is the same project, only slightly slower. <laughs> it's the Wolfen of projects. So, I mean, it's guaranteed job security for like five years while I'm working on it, but it's also so, so crushingly pointless. Adult jobs, they're the worst. That's why I'm glad I have a punk-ass kid job like Walmart. Man. Every day is an adventure. Wee. I used to work with a laser engraver. Things have gone backwards for me. <laughs> <laughs> when did you work with a laser engraver? Uh, my first job when I was working at the uh, uh, pool company billiards i should say we used a laser engraver to etch our logo into the pool cues i never knew you made pool cues for oh yeah that's yeah. kind of amazing spent about six years uh it's some six of the stuff years, jesus yeah jacoby custom cues <laughs> <laughs> we actually uh we've won some prestigious awards the american cue maker association gave us the cue of the year several years back <laughs> It sold to a Japanese collector for $10,000. <laughs> Please, my... Yes, my recorder's on. Yeah. Yeah, here, here's the link to their website. You can see some of this stuff. 
So if you see, like, if you look at any of the cues, the part that says Jacoby, that's etched in with a laser, and that'd be my job. I would just put the cues in there, line it up with, uh, you know, the veneers and stuff, and etch in the words Jacoby. Fucking blown. We did other stuff with the laser too, but that was that was a bulk of the job. I was in charge of finishing the cues, so I put the weights in, I put the bumpers in, bag them up, etch them. I'm speechless. You were like, you were like our personal Forrest Gump. You've just done everything. <laughs> Got to work a lot of shafts. <laughs> well, we knew that one. A lot of waxing. Yeah, if you go to the queue of the year under view queues, you can see some of the uh, fancier ones we've done. Are you on this website anywhere posing with a pool queue you made yourself? Um, I never really made any of them. I was involved in different parts of production, but I never made the entire queue. I had people help me out. <laughs> But yeah, the newest queue of the year is going for $25,000, so that's kind of cool. Like the Sultan, the one at the bottom of the page, that one took two years to make. It's got over 10,000 silver inlays. It's got ivory and ebony inlays. The Sultan. That one won the American queue of the year. I don't know what's better, that there's a queue of the year or that you're tangentially involved. Well, the American Queue Maker Association gets together and votes on it, so... <laughs> <laughs> oh my god I don't know why people are laughing that's a real thing <laughs> we're that's laughing because it's a real thing well you've always got that trade to fall back on if things don't work out yeah actually working with a laser engraver is really cool I wish I could own one but they're like $10,000 machines now, is there a particular reason you don't work at Jacoby custom pool cues anymore like uh, well, I, I started working there in high school, and then when I went to college, I had less time, so I'd come back, like, on the weekends and help out. And now, you know, after I graduated, it's like, eh, there's no real point working there for $12 an hour when I can be making 30 I make minimum wage. That could be going up soon. I only, I only get to use one laser. Nice. You get lasers, though. It's not a real laser. He just carries it around. It's plastic. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah, the laser plastic, was amazing. I made my own set of coasters. The only thing that What? What did they say? Well, there's actually, you know, it's, it's, I'll just send you a picture. Like, it's, I don't have a picture of the coasters, but it's, it's album art. So yeah, I basically took this image, uh, cleaned it up, used the laser engraver to etch it into a series of four coasters. They're pretty cool. Those would be your coasters. <laughs> That would be your coaster. That does seem pretty cool. Yep. That's, that's you can do all sorts of stuff with a laser engraver. You can make keychains. You can make, uh, on some of the pool cues, <laughs> we can engrave photographs of people. Yeah. You can use it to cut different things, like we cut out veneers for the pool cues and that kind of stuff. You're like an urbane Ron Swanson. <laughs> I ask a question. Yes. Has the Modoc mug ever sat upon the coaster? Oh, it always does. Okay. <laughs> I feel like it's, I just it's sitting on top of one of those right now. I feel like I have backstory. Have you drank out of the Modoc? Have you drank out of the Modoc mug since then, son? I have. I, I switched over my Muppet mug for a while, but I came back. <laughs> you have a grown-up job. <laughs> yeah. Hang out with you for 24 hours. It wouldn't be that interesting. <laughs> Actually, tomorrow might be better because I've got indoor volleyball. <laughs> 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 
Like there's still sand and everything, but it's in it like a giant pole shed connected to a bar. Get your house. Plus, we're going back to my buddy's place, the VHS friend. Uh, he wants to watch The Last Unicorn. <laughs> Apparently, he's preferred from again. He's already seen it, but he really wants me to watch it. He just wants friends. <laughs> Isn't that we all what we all want? Oh, good. They finally sold out of the limited edition cues. I've been working on that for years. We just going to ask, by the way, was the um, was the is the VHS guy the one you challenged the ice bucket challenge? No. Okay, we weren't sure. We weren't sure. The guy I challenged to the ice bucket was uh, is a guy called Kirkpatrick. <laughs> Amazingly, curmudgeonly. he's the only guy I've ever seen who is that mad about charity. Yeah, I got. Yeah, we noticed. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I've been waiting for weeks. Give us the backstory on that video. Uh, one of my friends challenged us to do the uh, ice bucket challenge, so we went out to a park. I tr- I had some ideas for stuff I wanted to do, and we were mostly out of time because we were supposed to go see Sin City. So <laughs> it became a series of let's just grab buckets and dump water on ourselves. All right. Yeah, you just not look happy about that at all. <laughs> I don't like getting covered in water. We it does. You had no reaction to it at all. Yeah. It was kind of cold. It was a warm day, though, so it worked out. <laughs> it's been great for fishing. Although, uh, oh, this reminds me of a good story I probably haven't told you guys. The guy I challenged, Kirk Patrick, I used to be in a military explorers group, which is basically, uh, it's, it's Boy Scouts, but you do military stuff. So you wear the fatigues, you carry around. There's that photo of you in military fatigues. Uh, sure. I don't know which photo you're talking about, but probably. <laughs> a, a photo that exists. That's all. All that matters. Yeah. So I, I was part of that group for a couple of years. Uh, and one of our things, we were out at an event, and the captain had to stop at a funeral. So he gets out, goes inside to pay his respects. I'm, meanwhile, sitting in a Jeep, very bored. It's like an open Jeep. The captain likes to collect cans for money for the post. So I grab his can grabber, which is just like one of those old people extendo arms. And I'm just using it to pick at grass on the side of the road. So the lieutenant basically comes up and starts yelling at me. Kirkpatrick starts yelling at me like, do you know what you're doing? Do you know how rude that is? Do you know where we are? This is a funeral. I let him kind of yell himself out, and I pick a flower off the side of the road with this extendo <laughs> arm. And as he's yelling at me, I just slowly turn around and like, put it under his nose, and I just go, I got you a flower, sir. But I can tell he wants to laugh, but he also wants to yell at me. So as he's yelling, I'm just like, but it's a pretty flower, and I just I keep trying to offer him the flower. And my saving grace is he can't kick me out of the vehicle to have me do push-ups as punishment because we're at a funeral, and that'd be just as bad as what he thought I was doing originally. So I managed to push his buttons just far enough where I couldn't get in trouble, but he had to hate me forever afterwards. So now the running now the running joke is whenever I see him, I offer him flowers. Like one year for Christmas, we went out, bought a bunch of flake, fake flowers from Walmart, went caroling at his house at midnight, and then when he opened the door to yell at us, we just gave him the fake flowers. <laughs> I like that you troll your commanding officer like you're in a police academy movie. Yeah. One time, he tried to get me into snakes on a plane because I was under 17 at the time, and they wouldn't do it. It was hilarious to watch his rage. Then he started hiding rubber snakes in his bike because he, he drives a motorcycle, so I had to like, find a place to put a rubber snake. So, yeah, I torture him with rubber snakes and uh, flowers whenever I see him. And he once gave him a, pu- a custom pool cue engraved with your initials. <laughs> oh, and one time we stole his boot. <laughs> There's no story attached to that. And we just stole his boot. It was hilarious. <laughs> it was actually hilarious. 
Uh, another time when I was being promoted, uh, I knew I was being promoted, so the guys got me a bunch of real flowers, and I hid them inside of my fatigues. So as he's pinning the rank on my lapels, I just pull the flowers out and give them to him as a thank you. <laughs> to which he said thank you, and then he forced me to do 25 push-ups after receiving my promotion. <laughs> Congratulations. Now give me 25 push-ups and 25 sit-ups. I like how you're the bugs bunny to this dude's Elmer Fudd. Yeah. Kirk Patrick, he, he's, he's a fun guy to hang around with, but he's a very angry person as well. I like how he was in a position of authority. <laughs> yeah. I think he's still part of that group. Okay, before we all disband, I need one more Flexo tale. Okay. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> why? Oh, why were you in the sidecar <laughs> on an elderly biker's motorcycle? Uh, that is my dad. Uh, I fucking knew it. I fucking knew it. He got that bike from Canada a few months ago, so he's been working on, uh, some fixes and tweaks to it, so that's kind of his around-town bike now. And it has a sidecar. Yep. That was the idea. He got it so my mom could ride around with him in places. It'd be a little easier than jumping on the back. Once again, your life is just a Wes Anderson movie. <laughs> but yeah, you can you can kind of see now why everyone jokes that I'm the milkman's kid. It is comforting to know that you'll become a Santa Claus whenever you reach middle age. <laughs> it's funny. We went around to like a couple biker parties and... You know, I'm there with my dad, who's the big biker guy, and then I'm wearing, like, Japanese imported shoes and sunglasses and, I, I, you know, that look from the sidecar, and I just do not look like I belong. <laughs> Meanwhile, some guys are pushing kegs along a field with their motorcycles. I'm like, nope, I should not be here. But, but once they knew you made pool cues for a living, I'm sure they would have included you. I like that that was the guy who walked into Derp House and was like, smells like drugs in here. Yeah, well, I'm sure he would know from first-hand experience, but... Yeah, every time I tell him one of my stories where I think I'm going to get in trouble, he's always like, I'm proud of you, son. <laughs> like, I told him the story of how I got drunk and then fell on my face and scraped up my arms and knees, and he was like, you did that? You got drunk and fell down trying to impress a girl? That's my son. I'm so glad you gave that deranged, born-again Christian a piggyback ride. More or less what he said. <laughs> <laughs> I think my parents are just like, you should find a girl. Like, <laughs> we don't even care if she's insane. You should try. Like, okay, that's nice. Thanks. Just any girl, so she can take care of you instead of us. <laughs> that might be the subtext. She can pull the Modoc mug from your lips. <laughs> no, no one has to do that. That's my burden. My curse. Oh my, I'm Wolfen. Wolfen. We said we'd never discuss Wolfen again. <laughs> hey, Edgar James almost, or Edward James almost, still hasn't replied. That's not an open invitation to just never close the book. Well, it saves us the hassle of reopening the book. Uh, I wonder how many of these cues I engraved. <laughs> I've been looking at them wistfully this entire time. Kind of. I, I feel like if I zoom in on one of them, I'm going to see an engraving of yourself waving to me. buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually did that. Uh, when we got the engraving, they wanted me to do a bunch of uh, test stuff. So I just, you know, we did a lot of trophies and plaques. So I took one wooden plaque, and I took a picture of myself waving. <laughs> and I engraved it on this wooden plaque. And I stuck it up in the in the back of the showroom behind all the trophies. And it just sat there for years because it was, like, covered by all the other trophies, so you couldn't really see it that well. But there was one of me just, like, waving to people on a wooden plaque.
this is a cool one. This is a cool one. I'm literally crying. This cue right here. Please tell, please tell me there's a photo of that somewhere. No, probably not. Although if I walked into the store, I could probably find it there still. Let's get that and send it to me. I will pay up to $50 to own that. <laughs> this cue here, I also engraved the uh, Prisoner of War logo in the butt. I did that. And the uh, concertina wire wrapping around the forearm. I engraved that. You can do so many cool things with a laser. I like how that looks like your silhouette. <laughs> I am not the prisoner of war missing in action. Yes, you are. Oh, God. Fucking you waving. <laughs> I feel like I need a cigarette. <laughs> I don't know why that's so amusing. If you guys had, like, a $15,000 laser, you wouldn't do that? <laughs> well, yeah, but we don't. That's the thing. We live vicariously through you, Cody. Uh, Why see? is that so amusing? It's uh, it's not. I don't understand. Sure, I boxed a gorilla once, so I'm not that funny. <laughs> you joke, but I actually did box a gorilla once. I was trying to think if I had many involvings with the uh, gorillas, and the closest <laughs> I've come to is just seeing them up close at a zoo. <laughs> I mean, mugged that gorilla. He was never the same. Fucking R Force <laughs> I don't feel like running no more. Uh, that means one of us is gonna lose our legs someday. <laughs> Ice cream. <laughs> the tendons finally take over. But yeah, if you're ever interested in pool cues, this is actually a cool site to look at. There's a lot of stuff that kind of talks about uh, all the work that goes into them. Do you know one of our shafts alone takes over a year to make? My God. Yeah, that's just a shaft. That's not even the butt. Let me ask you a question. What happens if you go on that site one day and they're selling a wolfen? Well, I mean, I left, so it's pretty likely that the place is going to go downhill. <laughs> I was heart and soul in that place. <laughs> they started selling cues that had your face waving, <laughs> and they were charging like an obscene amount of money for them. I would pay it. Wouldn't it be I mean, fucking amazing if the world ends in like a thousand years from now? <laughs> Wreckage, and they find that cue with Flexo's face on it, smiling and waving. What a poor, think, poor world. They think you're some kind of god. <laughs> That's your worship. They build a statue. This was the shrine to Flexo. <laughs> Flexopolis. <laughs> he was a great warrior. They put him on his on their weapons. <laughs> Hey, man, pool cues would hurt to get struck by. They've got adjustable weight systems, so that could be anywhere from, like, 15 ounces to 23. In the days of Ragnarok, he was defeated by his arch-enemy, the Wolfen. <laughs> they all... And his army of boogans. <laughs> they all... Uh, the boogans. Ah, <laughs> oh, the Legend 36 EXT epilogue engraver. <laughs> I miss you, buddy. Well, Christmas is coming up, Cody. I don't even know where I put it. It's a big machine. You just get rid of all your stuff. I can engrave new stuff. You engrave your own DVDs. I could. The only thing I can't engrave is my soul. Is my love. <laughs> Bring a girl. You create a woman made of wood. Oh, they got metal engraving? Oh... <laughs> I shall make a woman of pure metallo. It's like, it's a one hell of a powerful laser. Too powerful. 
answer, Flexo. Flexo is how. Now, the time has come for our terrifying final segment. A cornucopia of horror my databanks have designated. Hero tells Mike and MB about a dream he had the night before. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the fright, kiddies. Okay, so the night before last, I had the single weirdest dream I have ever had in 25 years of living on this planet. And that's saying something. This was a dream that was so amazing. I woke up at like 2 o'clock in the morning, and my very first thought was, Ugh. I, I've got I've got to remember this so I can tell Mike and MB. If it weren't so late and I weren't so groggy, I would have pulled out a pen and a notepad and wrote my first dream journal about this. So this was one of those dreams that you have occasionally where you're actually not a participant in it. You're just watching it like a movie, and you're and you're kind of aware that it is a dream. So this begins with. UNMB, like, at some kind of loading dock, <laughs> like, exploring, like, with flashlights and shit. That doesn't sound like something we would do, I mean. And inside a big red shipping crate, UNMB find the worst movie ever made. <laughs> <laughs> we finally did it. And whenever I say you find this movie... It's not like a DVD you find. You don't find like an old film canister. The movie is existing inside of the shipping crate. (laughs) (laughs) Like in the corner of the crate, the movie is just playing in an endless loop like a hologram. (laughs) Because it's so so bad, it just exists as a fixed point in time and space. (laughs) It's a rupture in just the, in just reality itself. Now, I'm hazy on the details of what the movie actually was, but it was like this weird science fiction movie that was like mainly made up of thinly veiled plagiarisms of other movies. <laughs> so it was like, here's a scene from The Godfather, but everyone's wearing like really hokey sci-fi costumes. <laughs> and everyone was saying their lines backwards. Not like Twin Peaks backwards, but like uh, they would say one line that was from a scene from another movie, and then the other character would say the line that actually becomes before that one. So it's really disorienting <laughs> and hilarious. <laughs> this sounds like a movie I want to make. And you, Mike, you guys decide that you're going to profit off of this. I should say it's Mike's idea. <laughs> <laughs> Shocking. So, like, fucking, like Jack Black at the end of King Kong, you're going to fucking display this eighth wonder of the world as, like, a live pulp commentary that just plays nonstop. (laughs) (laughs) So, the two of you are just there, like, making fun of the movie. Like, doing four shows a night, like it's Vegas. <laughs> this is my dream. 
and you open up the shipping container for business, and like, this must be one of those bigger on the inside TARDIS dealies, because you turn it into, like, a late 60s casino. <laughs> Wait, the shipping crate? Yes. Like, you, you have old-timey cigarette girls <laughs> offering cigarettes to... <laughs> Like gangsterly looking people who are all playing craps and like gathered around the stage where you're making fun of this movie and Kennison Casinos. Yes. <laughs> and this is like you're just at the cusp of this becoming this incredible, profitable empire for you guys. Like you fucking sold out opening night. The first commentary was a blast. The writing about you in the gossip rags. Was there spinning newspapers? There may have been. It was that kind of a dream. <laughs> and keep in mind, I'm watching this like from my god's point of view, aware You're... of how weird and ridiculous it is. <laughs> so like, I'm dream laughing my ass off. You would try to stop, Mike, if that's really the case. No. After opening night, everyone's gone home, and no one's there but you, MB. And you're like, I don't have good feelings about this. You're like counting up the till and everything, (laughs) and talking about just what, (laughs) just what an empire you and Mike are going to build. (laughs) And all the lights are on, and suddenly a door opens, and someone begins clapping hollowly. (laughs) Congratulations, Mister Cook. It's quite a little side adventure you've discovered with your friend, Mike. <laughs> I commend you. I really do. And then an 80s businessman walks in <laughs> with his goons. This is Nightmare the Movie. <laughs> Watch Pulp Nightmare the Movie. <laughs> There's so much more, too. <laughs> Go on. And you just you you like got have cash in your hand, and you just look slack jawed at him. What what's going on here? He says, "I appreciate what you and your partner have discovered, Mister Cook, but I'm afraid you'll be of further use to us." And his goon steps forward and shoots Envy in the face. No. <laughs> what? Why me? He turns to his fucking right hand man and says. Clean up this mess and bring out the replacement. <gasps> so they bring out the man, the 80s businessman, <laughs> has hired to replace MB as his spy. <laughs> Does he look like me? Well, okay. The, the premise of this scheme is he's replacing you with an identical double. So that you can corrupt the business from the inside. <laughs> and this happens after, like, only a, a day? It's a couple of hours. <laughs> you found this that morning. <laughs> this does sound like how it would go. But here's the thing. 80s businessman is part of a cabal of villains who have absolutely nothing connecting them other than the fact that they're evil. The gang of evil! Yes. And he can only pull 
his associates from that league. So the man who rep- who is going undercover as decoy MB is the Phantom of the Opera. <laughs> <laughs> wrong with you also this is pulp nightmare the movie and this is again the part where me watching this as a dream is fucking losing his shit (laughs) you were laughing in your sleep and fucking in walks classic phantom of the opera like lon cheney senior with his cape and half of his mask and the only thing they do to make him seem like you is they give him a tape recorder with pre-recorded MB phrases. (laughs) But the only one he uses is hot crackers. (laughs) So Mike Mike just shows up the next day and is like talking about his, his plans and what he wants to do with this venture. And he's just talking to you like talking to the Phantom of the Opera, like he's MB. (laughs) He's, he's still in full phantom garb. To be fair. To be like fair. shadow with <laughs> To be fair, Mike has made that mistake before. Yeah, this, yeah, I, I, I would totally not notice. Like, MB, I'm thinking of expanding the east side wing. What do you think? Art crackers. <laughs> you hear a rewind. <laughs> All the while, evil 80s businessman is, like, watching with his fingers tinted. Yes, yes. My plans are coming to fruition. (laughs) And I dream laughing my ass off so much that this this is so funny, it wakes me up. (laughs) I wake up, and I'm on my bed laying on my side with my eyes still closed, like giggling and just confused that this dream just happened. And all of a sudden, I feel something on my side. And you know that feeling you get whenever, like, a cat lays down on you all of a sudden? It's like that gentle, like, application of pressure. It felt like that. I was like, oh, the cat's in here. And I realized I don't have a cat. (laughs) And that this feeling is, like, this thing that's on me is way too slender and heavy and long to be a cat. And all of a sudden, I feel a long, spindly hand put its fingers on the back of my neck. And then suddenly, whatever it is, leans up to my ear so close that I can feel its breath against the hairs on my ear. And it whispers... Loki. And I say, no, and I wake up for real. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? What the fuck? If it makes any sense, I'd watched The Babadook a couple of nights before. That was my thought. And it was the same voice. Loki. I was confused. That was my first thought upon waking. Why Loki? <laughs> what's it, what's Mr. Babadook trying to tell you? 
And somehow I knew it wasn't fun comic book Loki it was referring to. It was like Norse, like god of evil, son of a motherfucking dragon Loki. And this was like some weird arcane shit. <laughs> like I was, it, I, it was going to murder me as tribute to Loki. And I was just so struck by the 180 between silliness and pants-shitting terror. <laughs> so it is Pulp Nightmare the movie. And that, Mike, NMB, was my tale of the unaccountable. <laughs> What the fuck? Why was Mr. Babadook in bed with you? And why, why was I the Phantom of the Opera? <laughs> <laughs> what, what do those two things have to do with one another? Why was there, Why an, was there an 80s businessman? <laughs> How did we get the funds to open up a 60s casino? Why were we looking for a movie that was perpetually playing in a warehouse? Why were there cigarette girls? Well, that was Why was it a, a sci-fi ripoff of The Godfather? Why any of that? Why, James's mind? Why did MB die? <laughs> yeah, James's mind palace. And you oh. fucking had the wake up from a dream inside of another dream? I haven't had one of those since I was a kid. I'm almost jealous. That's never happened to me. Oh, they're, they're the scariest thing that you could possibly imagine. Because it's always a monster that makes you realize that you're not really awake. By the way, I love that your first thought was, oh, the cat must be in here. <laughs> no, you don't own a cat. <laughs> And it was touching you. Ugh. Like, is your house haunted, do you think? I think my mind is haunted. By you guys, somehow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I always thought we were factors. Like, Well, I mean, as it's been said before, once you're exposed to Pulp Nightmare, your visions will coalesce and become uncontrollable flesh. Oh, God. Is Pulp Nightmare seducing me? <laughs> Pulp Nightmare is seducing Hero. Hero is a victim. Who would listen to a scum podcast like Pulp Nightmare? You did. Business reasons. What about the other reasons? James Singh. Kitchen description. <laughs> Electro slave. That's what I crave. And that was your dream. That was Hero's dream. And I'm Hero. just as confused as you are. Hero. Seek therapy. I will. And to try to deal with that whole Loki thing. Yeah, that that sounds like it's it's going to be bad times for you. Yeah, it sounds like that's a message from a supernatural realm of some kind. You're fucked. And I mean, he's the god of mischief, so... Oh my god! What if this all plays into the conspiracy? <gasps> the metal-spiracy. Dun-dun-dun! What if it was the prophet who was whispering that into my ear? <gasps> Don't try What to make it less creepy than it was. What if Loki... How is that less creepy? <laughs> That's dude in bed with me on top of me, whispering Loki into my ear and then vanishing. Because it's still less creepy than Mr. Babadook. Or Slenderman. Or a dragon. Oh, a dragon's just pretty cool. I want a dragon to be in bed with me. I'm not a dragon of evil. Is there any other kind? I guess Pete's dragon. Anyway. <laughs> Loki. Oh, God, no.
crackers, indeed. My pernicious popsters, was that not truly a tale of the unaccountable? This logistic database likes to think so. This has been the Pulp Gallery, and I have been your spooktacular host, Quizmotron. Demand, have pleasant nightmares. Thank <laughs> you.